All right. Welcome back to the big program. Time now for On the Mark. Powered by Booster Juice. Visit a location today to refuel, refresh, or re-energize, or download the new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy as we welcome in Mark Spector to the big program. Good morning, Spec. Hey, what's going on? That was uh, quite a tilt last night. No? <laughs> you know, any it, it was it was kind of like the '80s, wasn't it? Like an eight-four, eight-five game, and <laughs> that we saw back in the '80s, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like it was like when the De- Detroit's were playing in the Norris Division <laughs> <laughs> back sure. in the, back in the day when Stevie Y was getting 150 points. Yeah, he's, you know what, I like his team. He's built himself a finally, I mean, they missed the playoffs seven years in a row, so it's time to have a team there, but they got some good players. You know, they got a nice, they've got a nice team there. I felt for uh, Mo Sider, who is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think turning into a really nice defenseman, but you know what, when McDavid's having one of those nights and you're assigned to check him, I mean, good luck, right? Well, there were a couple, on the two goals that were the secondary assist, you know, it was Connor out battling him. And I mean, when you're yeah. facing off with the best player in the world, and that uh, here's the thing, and that best player in the world is not giving up at all and trying just as hard as he would be trying to go around you as he is trying to strip you of the puck. Man, that's that's, that's, dead, that's deadly. Yeah, that's a new side of McDavid in mm-hmm. the last while, right? Yeah. I'm not saying in the last five minutes, but in the last, you know, year-ish or whatever, when he he's he's stealing pucks and turning them into plays and and it's so dangerous because Cider's got the puck and it looks like a breakout, so a lot of his support starts heading north and McDavid steals that puck and now he's got it and you know, there's not a lot of guys around to help defend. It's a it's an element to McDavid's game that makes him even harder to play against for sure. Oh, you know, and again, it's that it's a second, third, fourth effort on most importantly, the, I think the, the goal that they really needed because they were leaking and bleeding on the Holloway goal where he, you know, stripped cider just in the far corner and then, you know, came out and had the setup and then the rebound. I, I like when he called uh, Dylan Holloway a bull in a China shop. I thought that was kind of <laughs> after the game. <laughs> well, it's what we've been talking about yes. with Dylan Holloway. Like, he's just, you know, he's he's doing everything at 120 miles an hour. And, you know, when he scored that goal and knocked over McDavid, <laughs> it sort of summed it up, right? Um, there's no lack of effort, you know. And, and Dylan Holloway, the game will – things will slow down for him one day soon here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just needs a stretch of NHL games without getting hurt and just to play. He just needs to play. It's going to come around for this kid. But right now, you know, someone told me yesterday, Kev, yeah. uh, Jason Buchla, I was talking to him from Sportsnet, and he's watched a lot of NCAA hockey, more than me. I haven't mm-hmm. watched a lot of NCAA hockey, frankly. And he said the difference is it's a, it's a pretty frenetic game. He says guys practice all week and they come out on Friday and it's a whole pack of – you know, 20, 21 year olds who just want to play. And he says, it's, it's a really fast, a little bit disorganized, sometimes frenetic hockey. And he said, those guys tend to take a little longer for things to slow down in the NHL than for junior guys who play 72 games a year, whatever it is. 
they play a more structured, organized game. So I think we're probably seeing that in Holloway, right? Well, we touched on it yesterday, and I was so happy for him that he scored because that that's probably the biggest goal he scored in the sense of where yep. the Oilers needed it. And, you know, again, early on in the period and Detroit was coming and all of a sudden you take a little wind out of their sails. But we talked about it yesterday, the fact that he has to start creating a lot more than what he has been, and he, he's getting a little more of an opportunity when you look at the guys that I was comparing him to yesterday, uh, spec guys like Seth Jarvis in Carolina, uh, that he was taken one pick ahead of Holloway and Tunnel another guy in Florida that was taken two picks ahead of, of Holloway. So I agree with, uh, Bolka saying about it's just a different way of how these guys develop coming out of NCAA than, you know, tier one. So, you know, another, another guy's Jake neighbor, same draft. Taken twenty six, yep. take, taken twenty six by St. Louis. Dawson Mercer is another one who's had finding more success, I guess you could say, than yep. an NCAA player. So uh, the, the key here is, the, and you said your word yesterday, got to be patient just a little bit here. Yeah, just you know, and give uh, Knobloch credit. You know, Knobloch looked at his team after that second period. I mean, I haven't seen the, a team take it to. Edmonton the way Detroit did in the second period for a while mm-hmm. here. Like, man, they the Oilers couldn't stop them, right? Mm-hmm. Getting out of there at 3-3 was a, was a victory, even though you had a 3-1 lead at one point. And the coach looks at his team and says, okay, I got I to gotta mix up the soup here. And he comes out right away with Holloway on the same line as McDavid, and they get a goal. It was a 44 seconds in. So, mm-hmm. you know, his, his tweaks – help to turn the thing around. You got a more mature team now in Edmonton. They can they can have that bad second period, settle her down in the intermission. I think their record being tied after two periods is eight, two and one, which is a sign of a mature team, right? Mm-hmm. They've been winning that 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 coin flip third period. They've played eleven of them and they've won eight of them and tied the other one. So you know that's a sign I remember when Edmonton was Detroit. And Detroit was Edmonton, and Nick Lindstrom and the boys would give you, you know, you'd dominate them in the second period, and you'd say, okay, we got these guys finally. These guys aren't so good. Yeah. <laughs> and then the third period would come along, and all the guys in Detroit who were savvy, older, smarter, experienced, they'd win that third period. They'd win the game and leave town with the two points. Mm-hmm. The shoe was on the other foot last night. Mark Spector, Roger Sportsnet with us on Sports 1440. Uh, here's a text, interesting text that just came in, Spec, uh, to get your comment on from Nick M. Good morning. If an Ekholm-style trade for a forward... Uh, I'm, I guess he was talking about the pedigree of an Ekholm for a forward presents itself, and Holloway is the ask. Would you do it? And I guess he's kind of comparing Reed Schaefer, I would imagine, uh, a couple years later, but a first round, later first round than what Holloway was. I, I'm not doing this. I don't know if you are, but it would have to be like uh, I guess. I got to gotta know what the trade. I got to know what the trade is and who the guy is. Is it Gensel? You know, if it's Gensel for Holloway and whatever, are you making the trade? Well, I mean, before you can do anything, it's got to make sense for your cap. You, you can't do it. Like the, the beauty of the Echo trade was when he came here, he had three years left in his deal and you knew you could afford him and he fit in in your cap and you could make it work. And Barry's so money was going out. Trade, yeah, the money was going out. The money It worked economically, worked for your cap. That's why the trade's so great. You'd make that trade 100 times out of 100. If you could give me that trade for a forward that is impactful up there as um, Ekholm has been on the back end, 
and I had to sacrifice Holloway to do it, absolutely I would. And the mm-hmm. reason is we're winning now here. This is a win now team. You know, give me a guy that makes me way better now. And God bless Holloway. He's going to be good, yeah. but he's not as good now as a, as the equivalent of Ekholm is. You know, if you told me it worked economically, I'd grit my teeth and sacrifice Holloway for a guy I had for two or three more years under contract. Yeah, I'd do it. Mm-hmm. Mark Spector with us on Sports 1440. One of the main reasons the Oilers did get the victory last night, besides the Connor McDavid six assist, was Stu Skinner again. Second period came up with some just massive saves, and the Oilers got a lot of luck too, Speck, but in the sense that Skinner made several key saves at key times, and he's been doing it all year long. Yeah, it's it's it just continues to make us look at Stu Skinner in a different light here. You know the the game that we're seeing it's not going away, right? Mm-hmm. It's not it's not turning out to be a hot month. It's a hot two months. Well, now it's a hot three months, and pretty soon it's you know it's over a hot half a season. And when you look at his body of work, you know don't forget the guy was a Calder Trophy finalist last mm-hmm. year, and that made him the best rookie goalie in the game. And now we're into his second season, and we've got. You know, after the first whatever it was, thirteen or fourteen games, yeah. his his season has been. He's a top ten goalie in the NHL this season. There's no denying that. His statistics all say that. And now we're saying to ourselves, okay, maybe this guy is just flat out a top ten goalie in the National Hockey League. And if you're a top ten goalie as a sophomore, Kev, maybe mm-hmm. three, four, five years in, you're a top five goalie in the National Hockey League, right? So yeah, no I mean, one said that three months ago, but we're, I can certainly say it today. I mean, he's getting Vezina Trophy votes. There's no question about it this year. Uh, you know, he's got to continue uh, to play at a, at a good level here, but he is one of the main reasons that this team has turned it around, obviously, after uh, that slow start. What did you think of Patty Kane last night? Yeah, he's got jump. It's nice to see he's healthy, right? Yeah. Uh, he... You know, he's always lurking around and ready to finish, and he finds a soft spot. You always wondered how such a fantastic player can be alone so often, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's just a skill. Like, who forgets about Patty Kane being on the ice? Well, for 10 years, they've been forgetting about Patty Kane. I think there's something there. Uh, <laughs> so I just like to see him play and see him. It's nice to see healthy. a guy that's been limping around for a couple of years be healthy. Looks like he can skate well enough to help you. Uh, there's a good-looking player there still, don't you think? I do, and I had a little chat with David Oliver in the press box last night. Speck mentioned that a little earlier. Oh, yeah. And uh, he, he said this is the first time that he's seen Detroit live. He's a scout now, that, uh, but he Detroit really – it's just the way the schedule's worked in his travel. But I said, what do you think of him? And I said, what would it take? What if, if Detroit goes into the crapper here – and in the next three weeks, and Patty Kane says, you know what, I'll move. I'll waive my no trade. What does it take to get Patrick Kane out of Detroit? Oh, that's a good I, question. I, I, I said to Dave last night, Speck, I said, well, in my mind, I thought it would be a pretty good haul. And he said he didn't think so. Is he is he a expiring yeah. contract? Yeah, he's so he's an he's a UFA next year. He's he's two point seven five. You know that's his salary this year. So let's just say Detroit goes on a I don't know whatever they go two and two and ten here before the break, and they they feel that they're gonna they can get some assets for him. What are you getting? What do you think you're getting? What's the going rate? Oh, it, it's it's. I mean, if you're Detroit, 
and you're giving up Patrick Kane, the MO is is futures in terms of either draft picks to be used to turn into players or a younger player. I'm not giving you Holloway for mm-hmm. him or a guy like that. No right. chance. Or Broberg, no chance. No. Forget it. He's an old, expiring contract. He's a rental. He's a second-round draft pick to me. I'm not giving you a first-round draft pick for Patty Kane. If if for some reason he's open, maybe someone will. Mm-hmm. Maybe I think, someone will. I won't. You know how they're giving away these pick. these these first-round draft picks that are you know 22, 23, and down. They're giving them away for free. It seems. So, well, who knows? If someone can do that, I mean, maybe you know, talk to me at the deadline and let's see what the market <laughs> says. Uh, I, first of all, let me be clear. I thought Detroit, you know, they had a tough third period. They ran into the best player in the world yeah. playing at the top of his game. I think Detroit's a pretty good-looking team. They're not falling out of it. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, they got the Leafs. They're, they're in a wild-card spot this morning. I don't think the, the Leafs are dealing – or the Red Wings are dealing away anybody. I think they may even make a trade to bring somebody in. Speck, are you uh, going on the road here, or what's the story this week? No. No, I'm not going on the road this week. I get to stay home. I'm looking for a place to get a couple skates sharpened today. Uh, where, where do you? Where's the guy get a skate done? Down well, you head days? down to United Cycle for one. They've got, and yep. then what you could? Are you? Uh, are you? Are you playing hockey or what are you doing? Or are you just going for a skate? Yeah, I'm going for a skate tonight. Okay, but like, my skates are dull. But are you going to play hockey too? I'm you... playing hockey tonight. Just going for a nice Valentine's Day. <laughs> so you That's and Shelka really are going where? Are you going like uh, on the Oval or what? Yeah, I'll go down to Vic, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. boy. I like Come you... on, you got to get a little romance in your life, curious. <laughs> are you putting like rose petals on the ice and everything, things like that, or what? <laughs> no, the only red on the ice will be the blood if I bite it. <laughs> oh, You know what else? How about, Spec? if you start on, uh, what? how far would it be? Kind of near... I'm trying to think of the best place where if you kind of got one of those, uh, you know, uh, like a like a Clydesdale with a little little sleigh, you know, with a little <laughs> hot chocolate and, you know, maybe Rusty, the horse from uh, Kramer was driving in Seinfeld, <laughs> hey, you know, and then you and Shelka just wheel up to the oval at Vic and, you you know, you are yeah. you tired? Are you going to tie your skates tonight too? Man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I asked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, see the romantic. Uh, well, you you get the notch so far today, Spec. Unbelievable. Oh come on! Any clown can take his wife out to dinner. We're yeah. going out for a, a little bite and then a little skate. Oh. And, uh, see how things go here. What Hopefully a, no what, one gets injured. What a guy! What a guy! <laughs> I'll tell you what, Shelka is just one a lucky woman, just a lucky woman, Shelka. Oh, I've always said that. <laughs> Thanks, Spec. Uh, we'll talk to you the next couple of days. I might phone you tonight right. about eight thirty or so. See how it's going. <laughs> yeah, just catch me. I'll be in the emergency uh, room uh, lineup. <laughs> oh, that's solid. Uh, so yeah, go to United All Cycle. Right, go to United Cycle. They'll take care of you. Okay, that's where I'm heading. Okay, see you later. That's uh, Mark Spector. Uh, on the mark, energized by Booster Juice. Get the boost you need at Booster Juice. You know, it might even be worth heading out there to Vic tonight. Throwing a couple, you know, have a little hidden camera. That's that's your version of Valentine's Day. Yeah. Date. You take uh, take Laura <laughs> down there and just watch. Spec, watch Speck and Shelka. Go, go for some laps. Oh, boy. Oh, that is just going to be... We need some, like, how about uh, Love is in the Air for the next song, Duke? Can we get that one? Love is in the like, Air? Or anything. We need some some, some love romance? song. Romance song for Spec now. Okay. Oh, boy. 
Uh, when we come back, we will uh, check in with Arda O'Kell, NHL on ESPN, and our Mr. Rooter headliner of the day on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the uh, headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Rooter. At Mr. Rooter, they only employ the finest organic grain-fed free-range plumbers. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca. As we welcome in Arda O'Kell from the NHL on ESPN. Back to the program. Good morning, Arda. Thanks for coming on again. Good morning, Kevin. Thanks for having me, and I appreciate the uh, love that's in the air theme music today. I, well, Very appropriate. we just had Mark Spector on, and he was talking about how he's going to go to the uh, Victoria Oval and skate with uh, his wife Shelka tonight, so that was kind of for him as well, for uh-huh. you and all our lovebirds out there, uh, Arda. So every time we have you on, Arda, I have to start the interview by saying, are your video game records still intact? They certainly are. Uh, yeah. I, I, I certainly hope that Connor McDavid doesn't start playing NHL 94 anytime mm. soon uh, because he would break my records probably in, I don't know, less than two weeks. Oh. <laughs> the yeah. way that he go- the way that he's going on the ice is like he probably could pick up anything he wants like any hobby and just absolutely destroy it yeah I, I saw your post last night Arda just about the amazement uh, you know six assists for Connor and I mean so you're watching were you in studio when you were watching or where were you no I was at home I okay. was just watching the game uh, okay. at home and I when I saw the the, the Savardian spinorama yeah. assist I was like man like this is just completely unfair <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thought I had in my head. It's just like it's a joy to watch the guy. Like he's one of the most entertaining athletes on the planet. Period, regardless of sport. But like when you see things like that, you're just like, man, he makes like so many elite players and teams uh, day in and day out just look completely pedestrian. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just what a joy it is to 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 to, to be able to watch him. And uh, yeah, six assists, not too shabby. Not Where too... were the goals? Where were the <laughs> yeah. goals, Kevin? Yeah. You know, he was only, the Oilers scored eight goals, five on five. He was only plus six, you know, so he's got to pick that's it up. It? Yeah, Come on. That's all. Uh, yeah, you know, we were talking, Art, about all of his assists last night. And, of course, a lot of people have texted and said, yes, the goal that he set up for Evander Kane on, as you said, the Savardian spinorama was uh, the, the, the prettiest one, but... Boy, there was a couple that he had dogged determination on the forechecker, even engaging and leverage and positioning on, for the most part, it was Mo Sider a lot of the times, but those were the ones that I remember. Those are the ones that, and they were secondary assists, Arda. Yeah, and he and he's finding these lanes that seemingly don't exist. That's the best part, right? Like his hockey vision, his hockey IQ is so high that he just knows that he's going to have maybe half an inch of space to be able to to thread that needle or or move that puck mm-hmm. just ever so slightly, uh, you know, beating a skate or beating a, a stick blade or whatever, uh, it's just incredible uh, what he's what he's able to do. Uh, but yeah, to your point, six assists. By the way, that's his second career six point game, yeah. and he's now the fifth Oiler in NHL history with multiple six point games, uh, joining a bunch of the '80s crew. So. Uh, he's he always find like that's the other thing. He always like whenever he has like these kind of games, he always joins history. You know, mm-hmm. like he always finds a way to join the history books in in some crazy way. Like he he by the way, also in that game, he had six hundred assists, yep. career assists, right? Mm-hmm. And he did it in what six hundred and sixteen games. Right. And there's only three other players that did it faster than Connor McDavid in NHL history, and their names are Gretzky, Lemieux, and Orr. 
Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like, come on. Like, it's, it's just how crazy. And you, you can't help but laugh at the magnificence of what this guy is doing. Well, you mentioned it, uh, 616 games. Bobby Orr was 608. So that just shows you kind of what kind of rarefied air we are talking about here as we're speaking with Arda O'Cal from the NHL on ESPN. Uh, you know, a week ago, a little over a week ago, Arda, I was thinking – you know, Alex Ovechkin's done. You know, he's not going to have any... His success this season is very limited, and all of a sudden now he's ripped off six games in a row with a goal, and now he's putting himself in that category again, in that conversation for 894. And he's six straight, like you said, and he's scoring the way that we know him to score. Like, his goal yesterday was... Stop me if you've heard this before, Kevin. <laughs> he was on the power play, and he was in his office, and he got the one-timer, and it went to the back of the net. I know. Shocking, I know. City of Edmonton listeners, sh- very shocking. I-, I know this is, like, extremely surprising how Alex Ovechkin would score. Do you know what this solidifies to me? Like, I know that at the beginning, like, this was the the longest stretch that Alex Ovechkin has ever needed in a season in his career to get to 10 goals. Right. Like this was a long, like half the season, essentially, to get the 10 goals for him. That's never happened to him before. But this latest stretch solidified to me in my head. Apologies to those that would like Gretzky's record to stand. I believe firmly that he will break the record at some point. And I believe that he will, even if it's going to take him longer than expected, he's going to wait it out and he's going to he's going to get there. Barring some like unforeseen career ending injury or something like unfortunate like that, all systems go, he's going to play until he's whatever necessary, 41, 42. If he's only scoring 15 to 20 goals the rest of the way, he's still going to get there. Like, I, after this stretch, I firmly believe this to be true. So when do you think this kind of happens then? If he can continue, and he's not going to continue on a goal a game here. He could go on an, another uh, little slump. But do you think he can get to this record at 894 after, you know, sometime not next year, but the year after? Year after, maybe second half of the year after is mm-hmm. probably a, a fair. And, and, and quite frankly, if you're saying not this season, not next season, but the season after that, that puts him at what, 41? 40 yeah. or 41. He's playing in the league at 40 or 41. Right? Like, who who's listening right now and saying, nah, Ovechkin's done in, in a year? Like, I could absolutely see him continuing to play. And, and by the way, we got to give credit to the Washington Capitals organization, too, right? Because chances are they're buying into all of this. And mm-hmm. let's be honest, like, he's only, what, now 59 away to break the record. And so as he gets to, like, 30, like, this is going to be a story we're going to can just continuously talk about until he reaches that point. And that's going to help with ticket sales, right? Like, even if he's only playing, even if he's playing the least amount of minutes that he's played in his entire career, and he's not, you know, first line Ovechkin and, you know, 50 goal Ovechkin, the storyline itself is going to generate uh, interest regardless. So you got to give credit to the Capitals who have bought into, you know, obviously their generational star player, but to allow him to continue to chase this in a Capitals uniform, uh, you know, it's that, that, that's the right thing to do in my opinion, but also I think he, like I said, I think he does get there. Mm-hmm. He's at 14 this year. He, if he can get 
a reasonable amount. If he can just, let's just say he gets 11 this year and is a 25 goal scorer. You know, he's at 836. That puts him at 847. And now you're talking about it next year if he can get a, another 25 and, and then we'll see what happens the year after. But he, there's no question he is slowing down. The other thing that he scored a lot of empty net goals, as you know, Arda, and the Capitals haven't been in the position to to be up in a lot of games. So he hasn't been on the ice. They haven't been up a goal and things like that to uh, to give him an opportunity uh, for empty net goals. Uh, Arda Okal with us uh, from ESPN. Anything around the league, Arda, what else is catching your eye, I guess, just uh, as a being a, a Canadian working in the United States at ESPN and you get uh, the whole scope, the whole spectrum of what's going around the NHL, what's catching your eye? Uh, obviously, the, the Morgan Riley suspension was uh, dominating headlines the last couple of days. You know, how many would he receive? Uh, just the whole idea of the unwritten hockey code of conduct and the unwritten rules among the players, you know, taking a slap shot into an empty net goal uh, situation. Uh, that's definitely been dominating. Uh, I, I do. I, I found it interesting, the difference of opinions from, from an out, like, like analyzing it, from a 20,000 foot view, I found that situation interesting from the difference of opinions based on the life experience of the people giving the opinions. Like players and former players had a very strong opinion one way, fans had a very strong opinion the other way, and usually there were other uh, people that had an opinion in between, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I found that to be a pretty interesting, uh, you know, deep dive into the minds of, of, of people who are involved in hockey in different uh, circumstances, but we're gearing up to trade deadline, really like, especially at ESPN, like we will do our trade deadline special. We're gearing up to that. And, and I, I don't know in, in the pit of my stomach, Kevin, I feel like this is going, I know that there's a lot of pieces that have already been moved, you know, the Elias Lindholms of the world, the Sean Monahan's of the world, but like, I really, I don't know why I just have this feeling that there's too many, Teams that need a goalie, and there's too many goalies that are appetizing out there. I feel like this is going to be a very goalie-heavy mm-hmm. uh, trade deadline, especially that final week. Do, do you think, Arda, that it's going to be busier or not quite as busy? Because, you know, like teams like Calgary have already made their big splash. they still got a little work to do in Calgary if they so choose to. But do you, do you think it'll be a little slower, busier? What do you think? I, I was surprised that Jacob Markstrom made it out of the Prudential Center in Jersey the other day. Like, I thought that they would put him in a maze and he would just never be able to leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I want it to be busy because busy is good for ratings. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, but in all seriousness, uh, I, 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 just, I just feel... I, let me just put a number. I'm going to put it out in the universe. Mm-hmm. Three goaltenders will move the week of the trade deadline. Okay. I'm just putting that out there. That's my minimum. I, I, I truly feel like this will be a goaltender-heavy trade deadline. I feel like there are enough teams, and like even in saying that, uh, people uh, listening to this right now can already identify four teams that would love an upgrade in net, right? Mm-hmm. And you can already identify four goaltenders that would be chopped around. And to your point, Jacob Markstrom would certainly be one of them. Marc-Andre Fleury could certainly be one of them. John Gibson could be one of them. Like he, he, John Gibson has been on that in that conversation for several years. Don't get me wrong. But like, if I'm a team that is one goaltender away from being a legitimate, true cup contender, I'm making those calls already. I'm inquiring. I'm looking to see what's available. And I feel like it's going to be a very fun goaltender-heavy trade deadline season. 
So you think Arda, like, um, you know, like Saros too, is, uh, you know, people be sniffing around there too in Nashville? I think everyone's on the table. I really mm-hmm. do. I, I, I really feel like we've reached a point where there are teams like the Carolina Hurricanes are an example, even the Leafs, you know, like yeah. the, 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 there are, there are teams out there that you have such strong squads and then you have goaltending that isn't uh, to that vicinity necessarily, or hasn't been performing to that vicinity this season. Yeah. And you might be looking at upgrades, especially if you if your intentions, your hopes are to to get to the promised land. Yeah, the, 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 to me, the 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 the, the mm-hmm. perfect storm exists yeah. for it to be a a goalie heavy trade deadline. So, Arda, I know you do tons of uh, public speaking, motivational speaking. What's this TED talk that you're doing all about? Uh, I was all about how the city of Edmonton is the greatest city <laughs> in the world. Uh, <laughs> I've actually, funny enough, I've actually been to Edmonton several times, but mm-hmm. not for hockey. Uh, it was oh. early on in my career. I was doing a lot in, in uh, combat sports, and we used to do a lot of events. Uh, I think it was the convention center in Edmonton. So I've, I've, I've spent a lot of time in Edmonton, just not hockey related. Funny enough, but um, the TED Talk was it, it is hockey related. Uh, basically, the whole purpose of the TED Talk was finding inspiration in things you wouldn't normally find it in and just, you know, look, letting it, letting it uh, seep into you kind of thing. And I use hockey as an example. So any hockey fans uh, listening to this, uh, feel free to go and check it out. It got posted yesterday. Uh, and it was, it was, it, I'll tell you, like you'll relate to this, Kevin, because you're in the industry. Yeah. Like in our jobs, very rarely do we memorize long scripts you know, like we're either ad-libbing or we're reading off of a paper or a teleprompter or something to that effect. The most difficult part of the speech by far was memorizing and having in your head a 20-minute speech with no prompter. Like, I just had to know it. Mm-hmm. And that was the most difficult part of it because I was nervous I was going to miss a line or something like that. Yeah. Like, you know, you know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? Like, that was the most difficult part for sure. Uh, you know, uh, you can go on that. Like, I mean, with all the shows you do, and you know, I've I've done a few over the years myself. That's one of the things. You say, okay, what am I missing, or am I going to forget something? And that's just the way it is. But uh, you're doing a great job on you it. You could ad lib. You could ad lib for if I gave you a topic, you could ad lib about it for half an hour, no problem. Mm-hmm. But if I gave you a script and you're like, you need to memorize this, these ten pages, yep. that that would be like, oh man, that's like it's such a different muscle in your mind right so here, here's a quick example Arda. so i i did tv for 33 years and and we had so many young reporters that would come in and they would in the last few years they they would write their stuff out on their phone and they're getting ready to do what we call a stand-up in the business and i said to them yeah. stop that put that away get one thought in your head and expand on it if you have to do it, you know, and I mean, most of most of the time, that, and then what happens is when they would go to live TV, then they're stumbling because they're waiting to think that they have to say everything word by word that they've written in their pre-written stand-up that is going to a, a live to tape. So it's different, and, and you're a pro, so you know all about it. Oh, exactly, yeah. and uh, that's great advice. I love that we just went down this uh, <laughs> broadcasting advice rabbit hole. <laughs> Well, maybe we can open a college or something like that and get things going, get some young yeah. kids out there, you know, 
Yeah, I, I can't see that Back happening. Back in my <laughs> day, we would walk five to 12 kilometers yeah. uphill both ways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I carried a three-quarter inch machine around. <laughs> yeah. You don't know the suffering and pain. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, Arda, thanks so much for this. Always enjoy our chats. We'll talk soon. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Thanks, Kevin. All right. That's uh, Arda Okal from uh, ESPN, the NHL on ESPN. And our headliner of the day for Mr. Rooter, there's a reason they call him Mr. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca. When we come back, we will check in with Tim Anger, Football Alberta. Massive event coming up this summer in Edmonton. And did you know it's four down rules? Four down rules. That's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. We'll get to a whack of text from Fat Efron regarding Phil Kessel, Craig, and Red Deer. We've got uh, Mick. We've got uh, a whole bunch. And how about this one from Jordan? Do you like this one, Duke? The uh, From Jordan, the new intro, what it should be. Carious, good-looking enough for 33 years of TV, now seducing you on the AM dial. Do you like it, Duke? Yeah, we'll get our, our, our behind-the-scene producers on that first thing. First thing Monday morning, as we always used to say back on the farm, get my best man yes. on that. Best man on that first thing Monday morning. Wait till we start poking fun at the old bear about the uh, event that we're going to be doing <laughs> next Saturday. We'll have some information on that coming up a bit later. But time now for our game of the day. And sometimes our game of the day isn't a game of the day. It can be something that's coming up. But uh, that's what makes it so unique in the game of the day. Brought to you by St. Albert Dodge. Over 300 new Dodge Ram Jeeps available, uh, 0% for up to 72 months on select models, 0% also available on Ram 1500s. Uh, that's only at St. Albert Dodge, and check them out at stalbertdodge.com. As we welcome in Tim Anger from Football Alberta. Good morning, Tim. Thanks for coming on Sports 1440. Uh, my pleasure, Kevin. Well, you had a big news conference on Monday. We tried to get you on yesterday, but just couldn't hook up uh, some technical problems on my end, I would imagine. <laughs> but uh, uh, the news conference was all about a massive event coming up this summer in Edmonton. It's the World Under-20 Tackle Football Championship. What's it all about, Tim? Yeah, well, we got to put the tackle in there so people kind of understand uh, what it's all about. Because, I mean, you know, the interchangeable world of uh, soccer and uh, football and using both the term football all the time. Because people don't normally associate, um, you know, Canadian football, American football with international play. And uh, IFAF, the International Federation of American Football, uh, is has kind of been around since 1998. So it's still, you know, only about 20 years old. And and it started running uh, world championships for different various levels of either tackle or flag football uh, starting in the mid-2000s mm-hmm. and uh, started this process of what we would relate to hockey-wise as a world junior championship, so 20-year-olds and under, in 2009. And so they were running it pretty much every second year. Um, the last event was supposed to be in uh, Orlando in uh, 2020, but we all kind of know what happened in 2020. So the previous event of that in Mexico City um, – in 2018, Canada was uh, was was the, was the champions of the tournament, and uh, was awarded the right to host in 2024. So that's where we came in. Mm-hmm. Um, we were at the, the Football Canada meeting when they announced that Canada had been given the right to host the uh, the World Juniors in 2024, and immediately put up our hand and said, "There's no other place you need to do this other than Edmonton. No mm-hmm. other city uh, in Canada supports 
international events, uh, gets it, rolls with it, uh, embraces it, and loves it uh, better than this city. And so, uh, so we put a bid together, got it, and uh, on June twentieth through thirtieth this uh, this spring, we'll be running an eighteen tournament for uh, the World Championship at the U twenty level in tackle football. Wow, Tim Anger, Football Alberta, our guest on Sports fourteen forty. So you've got eight teams coming from uh, you know across the world. Where are they coming from? And uh just the logistics to get everybody here and get a massive event like this, uh, the undertaking of it. Yeah, actually we're actually pretty fortunate with the flights because uh, they were no, no, no nation is more than, uh, than one connection away from us. Uh, last year in 2023, um, you know, it's similar to what soccer does. There's, there's different areas of the world. You believe it or not, there are 75 nations out there that play tackle football uh, on every continent except for Antarctica. Um, so, uh, there are kind of, sometimes there's playoffs and sometimes there's just qualifiers that they do. Uh, but we've got all the champions coming in Europe. Austria was the champion from last year and now their team will fold into this year. Uh, Central America, it's Panama, South America, it's Brazil, uh, in Oceania, it's Australia and Asia, uh, it's Japan. Mm -hmm. And then with the two, uh, two have to haves, which are Canada and the United States, that brings us to seven. Um, we're still kind of working on the 18, but uh, failing the, uh, th- that, there's some financial issues out there, but, but failing that, Canada is prepared to put in a second team, which would bring us to eight. Right. So you've got Canada one and Canada two. How will that happen if the other team comes in? What, what happens then? Well, uh, we've kind of put some drop dead deadlines on it. Mm-hmm. They've got to get this thing figured out by the end of the month because Canada has been running tryout camps um, starting in December. I mean, the, all these, uh, indoor facilities and bubbles we have across the nation. I mean, it's we're not an easy nation to uh, to pick a team. Let's put it that way, because mm-hmm. we're spread out from Halifax all the way to Vancouver. So they sent the Canadian coaching staff across the nation in December and did one day camps all over the place. And they're going to bring in a crew of uh, 80 kids in uh, April to do some final selections. So they need to know whether they're putting out one or two teams. But mm-hmm. uh, we're still hopeful. I mean, you know, I, I would love a second Canadian team for sure, but. Uh, you know, because football is a funny sport. Like we, we can't play games every day. We have to have a certain period of time between games. So if we have an odd number in the tournament, that means, you know, someone's getting a buy somewhere and we have to extend it. We'd be here for weeks. So we've got, uh, we've got a 10 day experience and we've got to spit all this into. So evening up the tournament's the most important part. And if we had another nation in there, that'd be cool. If not, uh, no Canada too, will be very competitive. Tim Anger, football, Alberta, our guest on uh, Kevin Carey show on sports, 1440. Now, this tournament will be played under American rules. So with four downs, what does that present? And what about the size of the field, Tim? Well, um, yeah, it's interesting. I mentioned the 75 nations out there that play uh, tackle football. Well, 74 of them Mm -hmm. (laughs) play uh, play four downs. Uh, Only one of them plays three downs. And so, again, that's one of the advantages to coming to Edmonton because the field at Commonwealth and the field at Clark Stadium that we're going to be using as well are green fields. That means you have to paint on the Canadian football field and and uh, the, the people at Commonwealth are incredibly experienced in terms of painting fields on and off, not just Canadian football fields, but anything you want. Um, you know, when FC Edmonton was in, in full bloom at Clark Stadium, they, we had to put the lines on, put the lines off, put the lines on all the time during the fall to accommodate both high school football and the FC Edmonton. Uh, so, um, you know, we've talked to the stadium. We wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have put in the bid years ago if we didn't have their full support. Mm-hmm. And they've been awesome. Really, the only thing that has to take place is you've got to move one goalpost 10 yards. Yeah. 
And uh, and then painting on the field after that is just, uh, you know, to get out the stencils and, and, and do your best. But it will be an American field, and uh, we will be playing four downs. Um, it, it, you know, that the biggest challenge, believe it or not, is, is the referees, because we have an awesome referees association in the Edmonton area, but they're all instructed on, um, on, on the Canadian rules of the game. So there, there can be some usage of them, but uh, but the main refs are going to have to come from somewhere else. So, so that's uh, kind of the big deal about that. Yeah, so you're going to have to move the goalpost then, obviously, right? Well, not me personally, but that was part of the deal. Again, we've, we've been meeting with the city, and they, they've been mm-hmm. great with uh, the, not only with the city, with Edmonton events to try and do all these things. And they've known for a long time the adaptations they have to make. You know, years ago, I don't know, three or four years ago, they had a uh, – a, uh, a national soccer, uh, sorry, not soccer, but rugby uh, team uh, exhibition against Scotland, and they dug the holes in there accordingly to put the rugby posts in. So, mm-hmm. so it, it, you know, at the end of the day, it'll leave the stadium in, with the ability to host an American game if it ever does come to, to that fruition again. But, uh, but uh, it's, uh, I believe, in Clark Stadium, we're going to put a portable one in there, and it's easy okay. to put portable uprights in there simply because the American game has the uprights at the end line, so you can, you know. Put a couple trees together there if you need to, but right. it's, uh, it all works out. But it, it definitely will be uh, four down football, the same thing you saw during the Super Bowl on Sunday. Cool. So, with the players 20 and under, how does a team get selected? Can you have junior players from, say, that are, you know, a year into their Wildcat or Husky uh, careers? Are they all high school? How, how does it work? Well, those are the ones we kind of want, actually. Like, uh, you know the the the, the uh, coaching staff for Team Canada has done a lot of study in the uh, the Football Canada Cups over the past couple of years. These are the the U18 level, um, so there are national championships for provincial teams, and have kind of been sort of earmarking kids that they want to see going forward. Well, by the time they're age eligible for this, they are already playing at the junior and university level. So, getting the cooperation from the college coaches and junior coaches across the the country has been pretty good. I mean, there's been some some problem spots, mm-hmm. but. Uh, but uh, Canada, again, has always done well. There's been five of these things have been run since 2009. Canada's won uh, three of them, including the last one, and uh, mainly because we get the cooperation of our coaches. I mean, the Americans are the ones that are going to have the big challenges in that regard because uh, there's two million people that play the game of football uh, under the age of 20 in the United States. So it's not like they won't be able to find anybody, but, uh, you know, like a five-star going to Alabama is going to have a yeah. bit of a question before he's going to dive into something like this. But they always put a team out there, and they are interested in winning because they are the United States of America, and they mm-hmm. never let us forget that. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Anger, Football Alberta, with us on Sports 1440. So this has been going on since 2009. I would imagine there are a lot of players that have played in this championship that have gone on to play you know, college, pro, CFL, NFL. Yeah, we've got uh, our uh, the president of Football Canada, uh, Jim Mullins, done a really good job of, uh, of uh, compiling some information for us. There are 80 kids that have played on um, uh, world uh, junior teams for Canada that have gone on to play in the CFL or NFL. And uh, probably the most notable, if everybody um, can... Um, uh, think back to the Grey Cup with 13 seconds left in the game. Uh, the Alouettes have been hanging around all game, and they uh, ch- throw a ball into the end zone, and a kid named Tyson Philpot catches the ball for the winning mm-hmm. touchdown. Well, well, you know Tyson Philpot has a gold medal uh, around his neck from the 2018 experience in oh, Mexico cool. City. So, so it's that, those kind of kids are the ones that, uh, that 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 wind up on rosters. Mm-hmm. 
Well, uh, Tim, thanks for hopping on this morning. Once things start rolling here, I'm sure, you know, sponsorship is key. Uh, awareness is key. Uh, as the months uh, kind of progress here, we'll get you back on again to kind of get an update and uh, how Team Canada is looking, et cetera, uh, moving forward. This is going to be a, a wonderful event. It's great that you guys organized this, got the bid in and got things rolling here. Uh, so appreciate the, all your efforts on that. And thanks for coming on today, Tim. Yeah, thanks a lot. And if anybody's interested right away, uh, we do have the tickets up on Ticketmaster, but definitely we'll be uh, we'll be chatting as we go along. Yeah, we'll be start pushing. You know, once training camps get going and, you know, we, we're kind of having the, the uh, Super Bowl hangover here for a little bit too. So, <laughs> And once we get rolling in a little bit better, better weather, uh, obviously football will be uh, front of mind. So thanks for doing this, Tim. You bet. Thanks, Kevin. That's Tim Anger, Football Alberta, and our game of the day. It's going to be, well, it's going to be quite the scene coming up uh, June the 20th to the 30th at Commonwealth Stadium and at Clark Stadium for the World Under-20 Championships of Tackle Football. And, of course, our game of the day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge with an industry-leading 4.6 Google review rating. Head up the trail to St. Albert Dodge. See how easy it is to do business with the great people. Check out stalbertdodge.com. Still to come, top of the hour, we will have our Wednesday co-host, uh, David Schlemko, the former NHLer uh, from 9 to 11. We'll uh, check in with Bob Ridley, former Medicine Hat Tigers broadcaster slash bus driver in the uh, 9 o'clock hour. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Tommy Guns. Our unique lounges and casual setting makes it easy for anyone to rock a new look and get the best hot towel shave experience in Canada. Hands down. Book now at TommyGuns.com. Here is the Duke.